Do you love to read but struggle to see print? Bookshare is a nonprofit ebook library that makes reading easier for people with low vision or blindness. Members can read in ways that work for them with ebooks in audio, large print, and digital braille. Get unlimited access to over 1 million titles, including New York Times bestsellers, periodicals, upskilling books, and more. Bookshare is free for New York Public Library patrons or U.S. students with a qualifying disability. For more information, visit bookshare.org today. Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome in, take my hand, say hello to who you know and who you don't and who you can. We'll give promise to your springtime and beginnings to your ends. We'll try not to be cautious, we'll be friends. Welcome in, everyone, to Visibilities on a very warm May 20th, 2022. I want to welcome everyone who is listening to us on Media One or uh, has called in and those of us that are here on Zoom as well. Um, I think maybe the uh, spring fever has hit major big time. We seem to have a fairly small group tonight, but I think that's going to be changing as the evening goes on. And it's definitely going to be changing for us uh, for next week. We've got a special announcement about next week coming up a little bit later in this evening's call. Uh, I was. I want to make a couple of announcements, one of which is I just want to ar- remind ACB affiliates and uh, national committees that Paul Edwards and Anthony Corona and I have gotten together and have offered to give each of you that are having an event at the National Convention in Omaha this summer, an opportunity to talk about what your what your plans are for it uh, on either Sunday edition, Tuesday topics, or visibilities. I know a few of you have been in touch with me, but if there are any others who want to do something, would like to have get your news out, please don't hesitate. You'd send an email to me at, uh, I think we put in the visibilities email address, which is visibilities. It's just like disabilities, only with a letter V, as in visually impaired senior abilities. 50 at gmail.com. Uh, and we do need that, like, immediately so that we can f- finish planning our programming for the rest up until vaca- up until vacation convention that's the word i'm looking for sorry about that um i wrote myself a note that just says if you have any let me know and i have no idea what that was supposed to be so we'll continue on uh i want to remind people that we now have an email list that's a one-way list just to announce our uh, visibilities calls. Unfortunately, this week was a little crazy 
And so it didn't get out until this afternoon. But send an email to me at, again, at visibilities50 at gmail.com. And I'll be glad to add you to that mailing list. And in that way, um, you don't need to go through pages and pages and pages to find your very most favorite ACB program of the week uh, to, for the link and such for us. Um, I want to give you a little bit of an update. Uh, our website is getting some work done on it. It's slow, but I'm getting there. Uh, and so anyone want, ever wants to check anything out on there, it's visibilities.net www.visibilities.net I've been putting up I've got a few more of the recordings up uh, from uh, some of the more recent programs this week so check it out we're also thanks to Christine Chaikin I'm going to be putting up a lot more uh, information in the resources section uh, very shortly Uh, while we're at it I want to thank Mike Duke and Neely Opplinger for their call last week when we talked about radio reading services. And as it turned out, Melody, Melody Holloway sent me an amazing list to anybody that ever wants to listen to anything happening in central Ohio. I think we have about a 24-7 listing of uh, their programming. Um, that will be. I'm going to be putting something up about that. So there's there's a lot going on, and you're, we're going to be talking a lot more about some of it as the uh, few, the weeks ahead of us. I'm sorry, I accidentally went mute. I'm sorry. Um, One of the things that I wanted to, you know, I called this show tonight Potpourri, and it's because I wanted to touch on some of the issues that we've talked about in the past, but they might be a little bit further into the past than we remember, than we realize at times. And one of them took place this also happened to take place this morning on the CCLVI coffee hour, and that was on self-advocacy. And I just thought that it would be really good for everyone to hear some stories from one another here on issues, stories of what you've done in your lifetime, whether it be in the last couple of years through COVID and all that, or 40 years ago, whatever. Um, where self-advocacy worked well for you or maybe didn't work. And when you decided that, and even when you decided that you needed uh, to include more than just yourself, you know, nobody can advocate for an issue better than you can yourself. Sometimes you need numbers, uh, additional numbers of people and that, but when it's, the nearest and dearest to your heart, you're usually the one who does the most work on it. So if any of you would like to uh, join me and tell us 
your a self-advocacy story. We would love to hear it. Um, I would like to this make this evening a kind of an open conversation. Uh, we can get started by using hands, but we don't have to just do that. If something jumps out at you, um, feel free to unmute and join me. <clears throat> just as a reminder for muting and unmuting and raising hands, if you excuse me, if you want to raise your hand on a PC, it's Alt-Y. To mute and unmute, it's Alt-A. On a smartphone, to raise your hand is in the lower right corner under the more options. And the mute and unmute is in the lower left corner. And on your house phone or any push button phone, it's star six to mute and unmute and star nine to raise your hand. And that also works to lower your hand. They are toggles. Just don't remember that. Don't forget that we all, you may also need to hit the got it button, which you can usually do just by tabbing around or back tabbing one or two to get that in order to unmute as well. So that I think covers all of the household chores. And let's talk a little, just for a few minutes about a little bit of self-advocacy. And if anybody has a story that they'd uh, be willing to share with us. I do. We'd really like to hear it. You do, do you? I do. Uh, this is self-advocacy that it, that continues and is in progress. Uh, it's funny because the first time I ever heard anybody talking about being a self-advocate, it was my wife who was obviously alive at the time and passed away because of diabetes. She was type 1. But she said, nobody can be a better advocate than me for me. And especially when she was in the hospital, because she knew, she knew what her insulin levels were and what they should be far better than any doctor. Uh, and, and, and it's very true. When I watched what she did and how she advocated for herself, and now because I am retired, so to speak, although the people in ABC, ACB probably would not like to hear me say that, uh, I, I, um, I'm dealing with Medicare and insurance, and I, I had a, what's called the Freestyle Libre, which is a continuous glucose monitor. Best, best thing that ever happened to me as a diabetic, because you don't have to prick your fingers anymore. You put the sensor on your arm, and it goes just, just a little couple layers below the skin, and it takes readings. You use your phone, and you, you put the phone up to the sensor, and it tells you what your blood sugars are. And so, but Medicare doesn't, has chosen not to pay for that. Uh, although I do know people who are in the same situation I am who have gotten it from their insurance companies. So I thought, well, why them and not me? And why not, why not all diabetics who are type 2, whether they take insulin or not? Because the, the best and the most compliant I ever was as a diabetic, and I'm still good, was when I had this sensor because... I could test my sugars three, four, five, up to a dozen times a day, even if I didn't need to, because it told me what my body was doing with regard to the food I was putting into it. Was it a, was it, was some foods raising my sugars and some not? And it's different for every diabetic. And, and I have learned over the last three years now that I'm supposedly retired and not working that they don't pay for it anymore. So I am constantly chatting. Is chatting a good word? 
No, I don't think it is. <laughs> but I am constantly in um, in battle. Let's put it that way with insurance companies and with with Medicare because they refuse not to refuse to not pay for it because I'm not taking insulin and I am a type two diabetic. Ridiculous reasons. Uh, in any event, that's a that's advocacy that continues to go on, and I have been denied, I don't know how many times, and I'm continuing to fight back, and I will always fight back, because sometimes that's what you have to do, and I've got people on my side, and so I, that's why I said it was advocacy still in progress. So you never give up, you always keep fighting, keep battling, and ACB is now beginning the durable medical equipment push. There are bills in the state, in the Senate. And in the U.S. Uh, House of Representatives as well. So we're continuing to go. We as ACBDA people know that we are going to win this. It may take a while. But, but I, you know, it's just something that when you said self-advocacy, I said to myself, well, I'm not done yet, but this is kind of where it's going and this is the direction it's going. And I won't give up. Thank you so much, Larry. I, you know, I think you make an excellent point. Um I wish you well with it. And I've just written myself a note that we definitely want. That's one of the shows that we have never done that I think we absolutely need to. And that's uh, to invite ACBDA Diabetics in Action on for uh, visibilities. Yep. Um, just for people to even become aware of that group. Uh, I think is Tom Tobin still president? Tom is still president. I'm secretary. And there are and Jeff oh. Bishop is on it. Uh, oh, Randy Knapp is a part of it. There are lots of good people. Oh my goodness! Yes, Great, there it's are. a very strong board, and so this would be a good show, the especially in later, especially in light of what you're going to tell people later on. <laughs> I think it'd be a really great show. I think that would be. I, I think so you're absolutely right. If you need help, let me know. Thank you very much. Okay, I'll have you. Pl- I'll have you facilitating. That. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I do. I think, you know, don't other people, I assume other people think that that would be a great idea as well. I think we we should know more of what's going on with uh, ACB Diabetics in Action, um, along with Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss. You know, we've done, a, we've done, I've done a lot with them. We, as a matter of fact, oh, I can't tell you that that's going to have something to do with next week. I almost gave away a trivia question. Um, I've done, you know, I think, I I think one of the things that we have to remember is as people with visual loss, whether it's total or partial or whatever, or, you know, as a parent or child, um, whatever of someone with any kind of of a disability, we have probably done more advocating through our lives we we advocate all of our lives you know there's there's nothing that we don't end up having to advocate for it seems whether it's you know a child with special needs that you've got iep the individual education plans uh and that that you're working with the schools on constantly whether it's with parents who are going into a nursing home or or an assisted living situation um, dealing with the their medical care, that kind of thing. But probably for, first and foremost, in most 
common to all of us, is most of us have had to advocate for ourselves most of our lives. You know, it's almost second nature to us. At least in my view, it is. Maybe because I, maybe part of it's just that I'm a fighter to begin with. <laughs> um, but we, you know, we all have so much advocacy. I mean, you know, there are times when we just say, I'm so tired of arguing. I'm so tired of having to get somebody to listen to what I'm, what we need. And that is, I think, I don't think there's anything wrong with that sometimes. Sometimes we do need to step back and recharge our battery. But before we know it, we're back into it again. And I see iPhone 2. I'm not, I didn't get a chance to change your name. But you can, uh, if you'd like to unmute. There you are. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah, this is Jason. This is Jason. That's who it is. I knew it. I knew iPhone 2 meant somebody to me, and I just couldn't think of what. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, self-advocacy, is, is, could this be an, an example? Well, is, what it means is, like, you know, I, I learned it, it's, it's much better to get books and to read about things that you want to learn on your own than it is to have try to pay and have other people try to teach you, like, folk rehab when they're not... It's hard for them to teach. It feels much better just to get books and read them yourself and and learn and depend on others to teach. Always, especially when you have the kind of equipment that you need to help you read, like I have envision glasses and I can read books. Exactly. You know, do you feel it's kind of always been my feeling after, but maybe after the after the battle or something. Oh, I, I, to me, you'd feel better after once you've accomplished something yourself, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that, I think you make a good point there. Um, you do, you tend to feel better once you've, <clears throat> excuse me. It's not hard, it's not, it's not hard to, to learn or do things as long as you try yourself and <laughs> Just right, practice, practice. right, and sometimes, and sometimes you're much better off doing doing it, you know, doing it yourself. Um, yeah, I know. I, I was going for a job one time years ago, and the our local our state agency was. Oh, I don't know whether you'll have to go to Arkansas for the training. And I was like, I am not going to Arkansas for training um, for IRS at this point. This is back in the 70s. I said, let's see what I do first. And I took the civil service exam. And I always remember I got a 98.6 on it, just like a temperature supposed to be. And was called. Can we turn on the speaker? I can't find it. What, Penny? I don't think she knows she's unmuted. Oh. Oh, I thought she was talking to us. That's what threw me. I'm sorry. Um, but I ended up on that. Set on, you know, I ended up getting that job straight off the civil service list instead of going through a, a rehab agency. Um, actually, oh. then they asked me if I'd, if I'd agree to go through the rehab agency so they could hire two people. And I did. And I ended up getting followed up on that and losing six months worth of seniority, um, which 
now that I'm looking at retiring from the government, I'm kind of kicking myself that I agreed to back in 1976. So, you know, um, but, but the point is you do, when you can do it yourself, that's, that's just, it, it enhances your independence. And I think that's really important. Yeah. Sheila Young. Now I'm sure Sheila's never done any self-advocacy, of course. <laughs> How do you think she got Sheila, a job with Florida Council of the Blind? <laughs> <laughs> Sheila, you want to unmute? Or do you want to hear us make fun of you for a long time before that? <laughs> I'm thinking that maybe Sheila's not aware. I'm, I'm sure. sorry. There you are. Gosh. See, I was talking. <laughs> you would think I know how to unmute, wouldn't you? <laughs> Just a possibility. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, anybody wants to take take shots at me, go for it. I, my shoulders <laughs> have gotten really broad, okay? Anyway, um, so, you know, talk about advocacy. While I was working... And somebody is definitely not muted. Yeah, um, somebody's got to. And uh, I can't help you. So No, well, it's um, not that. You can't even tell who it is because it's not popping up because it's so short. Well, it's I, not showing. I it's not coming up. Anyway, go ahead with this, Sheila. I think, I think it's taken care of now. Okay. Um, while I was working, I was working for the Orange County Public School System here in the Orlando area. And our pay stubs, when I first started working, I could go on the website and I could access my pay stub, no problem. And then they, of course, make their website different and I couldn't access my pay stub any longer. So the techie people kept saying, oh, yes, you can just do this. And I said, no, you need to come to my desk. You need to sit with me. I need to show you that I cannot access my, my paycheck. It took me four different people coming to my classroom, sitting with me, showing them I could not access my pay stub. And for some reason, people think that it's okay if you can't access your pay stub. Just ask one of your coworkers. I don't think so. No, absolutely so not. It took me a couple, about two years. And then, of course, the year after I was able to access it, I retired. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it is advocacy in any way, shape or form, whether it's just for voting, whether it's for your paratransit, whether it's for accessible signals or a pay stub. You know, we we've got to do it because who else is going to do it if we don't? That's right. Exactly. So, that's all I wanted to say. Well, I'm glad you said it. Thanks. <laughs> uh, it is. It's, you know, that's it. I mean, we do. We advocate all the time. Um, you know, and it's not that sometimes it's not even advocating to to get something become accessible. Sometimes it's we need to advocate for ourselves just on the, you know, it's it's more of a public education thing to get people to realize that 
just because we can't see doesn't mean we can't hear them. Or just because we can't see doesn't mean that we are not capable of um, doing the laundry, you know, or, you know, one of the things that got me so ticked off when I, that I started this, this show to begin with was um, my having to advocate and uh, both my husband and I both having to advocate and prove to people in a hospital that I was capable, for instance, of walking across the room to use the bathroom in my single room in the hospital. But they didn't think that anyone that was that had any kind of a visual impairment should be allowed out of the bed. Um, you know, that kind of thing. Um, oh, Terry, can I add to that? Would it, certainly. Would it be okay. Sure. Um, I, I will tell you, I've got Humana for my insurance since I retired, mm-hmm. and I love Humana. I mean, I really do. But um, they send out a person every year to do a checkup, just, you know, how's your blood pressure, how, how are you, et cetera, check your medications. Well, the first time they sent somebody out, she was wonderful. The next time they sent somebody out, he had no clue what, how to even talk to me. So he started asking me, well, how do you take care of yourself? And I had the same thing happen with a resident when I went to my family doctor and I complained to my doctor. I said, you know what? You need to educate your interns because in the medical field, you would hope they would be aware that just because we can't see doesn't mean we can't get dressed. And I bring me to my second story that way. Yeah, I've actually been asked, well, who cleaned your house? And how do you get dressed? And how do you cook? And so it's on us as individuals every day, as you said, to educate no matter who we talk to. And we may be the only blind person they ever talk with. They may never see another one. Yeah. But the issue is they don't, as a sighted person, they can't imagine themselves ever doing mm-hmm. what we do so they exactly. know it can't be done. Yeah, I've, I've learned this I over and over with, again. Yeah, and the girl I worked with for 14 years, one morning she decided to get up and make her coffee by closing her eyes. Oh, my God. She came, she came to work and yeah. she said, okay. I and, and we taught blind and low vision children, okay? And she came to work and said, okay, I have a whole new respect. And I said, why? And she said, because I tried to make my coffee this morning with my eyes closed. And failed miserably, I'll bet. <laughs> yep, absolutely she did. <laughs> it was it was, it was, was hysterical. But so, you know, they don't know. And if, if we're the only blind or low vision individual they've ever run into, they don't understand how we can survive. No, they don't. And that's why I've always questioned, for instance, and I wonder what people think about, you know, a few years ago, all the rage suddenly became these dining in the dark fundraisers, you know, where everybody came in and um, had a dinner in the dark. They had to have dinner as though they were blind. And what was the crazy thing is that it was 
blindness organizations or organiz, you know, schools and that um, for the for um, kids with visual impairments or blind, um, it was like lighthouse type organizations and that that were doing these as big fundraisers. You were paying a hundred, hundred, hundred and fifty dollars a person to go in and pretend you were blind for one night to eat your dinner and see what kind of a mess you can make of yourself, actually, I think. And is that helping? Does that help anyone? Or does that only perpetuate their fears? You know, it's like the same thing I've seen happen with uh, White Cane Safety Day in October when you bring a police chief out and put a sleep shade on him and tell and give him a cane, give him two minutes of instruction and tell him to cross the street in front of the fire, the police station. You know, that's not reinforce in my brain. Anyhow, that is not reinforcing our independence. It's making them realize just how right their fears are. Uh, Jason, you want to add something to the conversation? You do need to unmute. Yeah, that reminds me. You know, I used to work at Dining in the Dark, the restaurant where we have sighted people go in and eat in a dark, dark room. And Yeah, did and, you really? Yeah, yeah. in Las Vegas, we had Dining in the Dark there. <laughs> and, and, and how do you think most of the uh, your patrons responded to it well you know they were well i I was the person interviewing or i was the person inviting them in saying don't worry um if you have to use your fingers we can't see and (laughs) that's they learned that some what it's like doing the dark and some people are afraid at first and but well i I try to make them feel you don't have to worry we can't see (laughs) that's Nice. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And On the other yeah, hand, dining in the dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For heaven's sake. Um, I didn't realize that there that there was a regular restaurant in, in uh, Las Vegas. I knew there was one in one of the Scandinavian countries, and I forget which one now. Oh yeah, it start it started off in Israel. I learned that's where it started, and now oh, was it in Israel? And they have some of them. Yeah, the first one. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. We watched a video on that, how it, how it started. And now it's somewhere in the United States. There's different places in the United States that have it. Yep. Well, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Terry, I, I think, I think the, the, the circumstances dictate how people actually felt about it. Those who had a positive experience loved it and told us about it later because I, I knew some of the people who would go in for some of these things. Those who had a negative experience didn't like it. They were scared. They, they found out that they ate half their meal and the other half was all over them. They didn't come out of it with a personal or an or, or a overwhelming positive circumstance. So it just depended. And I, I don't know. I, I think I, it's they're not as popular probably now as they used to be. But but mm. we got both ends of the spectrum because I did a few. I was a waiter on a couple of those because people said, "Could you help?" And I said, "Sure." And it was great when I was at a table with people that I knew, you know, because then I would talk to them as I was serving them, and I was being very careful. But I'm 
I asked during the meal, what do you think so far? And they said, we think it's great. We love it. Now we think we can understand how you guys do what you do. And I said, well, not entirely. You you have a sense because you're not actually blind. And in an hour and a half, you're going to take the blindfold off and you'll be sighted again. But you now you have an inkling, but you don't have a full experience and you never will unless, unfortunately, God forbid, you actually go blind. Yeah, that, and, and that's true. Yeah, yeah, that that's absolutely true, and I'm sure there are positive experiences. It's, I don't know. It just, it it just, I guess, has struck me that way. But I, I, I find you and Jason's comments very interesting on the subject. Terry, uh, maybe I do need to rethink it. Yes, it's Kathy Farina. Hey, Kathy. Uh, we did uh, di- dinner in the dark here in the Albany area. Our local chapter of ACB has done it. Oh, three or four times. And usually when we do it, we, after the dinner part is over, we have a discussion of what people thought and how they felt and, you know, what it was like for them um, so that they were able to talk about their experience and what it was like for them. Um, And um, you're right in that, you know, some people it makes their fears worse. And then other people, you know, enjoyed it and learned something from it and have a little bit more of an inkling of how it is and what it's like to, to, uh, you know, function with a visual impairment. Um, we thought it was a good experience. We thought it was a good thing to do. I think doing it the way you did sounds like it would be a very good experience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, we the always one made that sure I was, that there was a discussion afterwards. Yeah, so the one, the one that I've, it. the one that I've been most closely involved with, has a dance afterward. Oh, and mm-hmm. it, it doesn't do anything to do with it. And I think it's something like two hundred dollars a person. It's a big fun- charity. It's a big fundraiser for, uh, for their organization. And um, so there's none of that with it. But I think doing something like that, having you know, having a, a discussion afterward, I think, makes a lot of sense with it. But uh, it was just one of the one of the pieces of our potpourri for tonight. Um, the other thing too is, you know, with self advocacy and such, I think the other thing we have to do is you pick your battles. You know, you you can't do it. That's what I was saying earlier. You know. We all get tired occasionally. And sometimes you really do have to pick what's worth the effort. Um, wh- what do you really have enough in you to work on uh, that, that that you can give to? And, you know, Carrie? Oftentimes, I think it's, the, you know, it's whether or not it's uh, singular uh, to you or a group type thing. Yes, this is Diane, and sometimes hey, Diane. It, gets, it gets frustrating sometimes um, when people just, oh, there's just no way you can do it, and they just don't want to listen. They don't want, you know, that 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 gets to be the frustrating part sometimes, you know, and, um, you know, they just don't want to believe you can do something. So they've just got their mind made up, and all the talking is just not going to, it's not going to get through to them. And they just have their mind made up, you know, and uh, that that gets frustrating to me sometimes you know when that happens i think you're right and you know and those people we're probably never going to get through to 
No, you're not. Until they, until they really hit something totally personal to them. Yeah. And what's the neat thing about it, if I go someplace with my neighbor, um, she'll say, if, let's say, if it, it, Diane's the patient or wherever, you know, so that's, uh, they'll talk to me instead of talking to her, you know. So, so that, I think that's really cool. So she yeah, oh, when, when they talk to you talk. instead of you, uh, to the person with yes, yeah. yeah so when they're course. trying to talk to her about me, you know, yeah. they should be talking to me. Just say, "Well, Diane's patient," or whatever you know, whatever yeah. the situation might be, and that's really cool. Yeah, that makes it, that's that that is cool. That's when you get to actually see where your where your advocacy has paid off, and yeah. when you see it, where advocacy has paid off, there's there there aren't too many better feelings than that. Yeah, you know, when you don't have to, when you don't have to continue teaching somebody something, um, right. and they've accepted it and they've uh, gone on to understand with it, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um. If I think it's maybe we ought to move on a little bit. I had another question on in our pile of potpourri, uh, my little pot of it, anyhow, for tonight, and that was, I've been going back looking at some of our. Um, previous calls and one of the ones that we did that I've wondered what's ever happened with it since was we did a couple of shows on uh, re-nesting not really empty nesting but you know redoing where you live uh, to at that time was where are you going to fit your home office now that you don't have an office to go to because of the pandemic and you might not, you know, you might need that space for your computer for the next few months. Ha ha ha. Um, that kind of thing. And, you know, and we talked about ways to, to stay comfortable where you live now, if, if that's what you want to do. Uh, I remember we had a gentleman, David Baharian on to talk to us about the uh, senior um, complex that he uh, very much enjoys where he's living up in right on the coastline in Massachusetts. Um, we've had other people on about ways to make a room in your house or in your apartment double as a guest room. And when you don't have guests, it's your office, uh, a closet that you can make into a little place, to, a little computer space. I'm wondering, did any, is anybody have any, did anyone have any experiences or find any successes or failures in doing any of that? It was just one of the uh, calls that we've done, one of the series that we did back in the big early days. And I was curious as to whether or not anyone had, and I don't, you know, I don't hear a hundred of you jumping forward with great ideas on it, with great experiences. Maybe that wasn't one of my <laughs> one of my best brain cho- brain children. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um I was just wondering if people had done it and how they found it worked out for them. But well, since like, I I can say like well like at my house, like I, I made it my the size of my house is big enough and that my kitchen's in, in my room and in other words I have my own talking microwave oven my own talking air fryer my own talking toaster oven and I have it so it's not not in the kitchen and 
more space for me. Well, very good. And that works for you. That's wonderful. And that was kind of the whole point of what we were talking about at that time, is making the space that you have work in its best way for you. And so, and the right equipment that I can use, like talking stuff. Yep. Right. Anybody else have anything? Yeah, you're right. Does anyone else have anything they'd like to add to that? Hi, Terry. It's Meryl. Hey, Meryl. Hi. Um, yes, I used to have the computer in like a second bedroom that's not really being, you know, that's been a, used to be a computer office. But now that I'm doing so much for ACB, I, I needed it in my bedroom. And that's exactly <laughs> what I did. <laughs> and that's exactly what I did, Terry. And it's working out great. That's great. That's Thanks. great. As long as, you know, it's, it's what makes you comfortable yeah, where you are. Very, and that, see, and now mm-hmm. you've got the second bedroom. You can set up a gym in to keep yourself uh, active. Yeah, that would be a good, <laughs> good idea. Yeah, I do go to the gym now, though, a, a lot, quite a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that. That's great. I think yeah. that's really, you know, you've done a, a good job of making your space yours. And that's, that's I think, right. really important. Thank you so much, Terry. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I did do a little bit of looking around and I said, you know, we are a group of seniors and I don't know about you, but most of today's music, I do. I sound like my mother's 50 years ago. (laughs) I came up with a few trivia questions and let's see who can come up with a few quick answers. In 1962. On May 20th, 1962, what was the number one Billboard song? Anyone want to just holler out? You're more than welcome. And no cheating with elect, with the lay, a, a, Lady A or Siri. Anybody remember 1962? Some of us were young children. Some might not have been around quite yet. But I bet everybody knows this. Oh, most everyone knows the song that grew up in that era. Well, unfortunately, I don't remember. I mean, I, I was around that year, but I have no idea what song. So I'm anxious to hear. All right. Was it, was it the uh, song about the itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow? Book? Is that <laughs> good, good, no, good suggestion. Good, yes. How about how about the twist? No, I think that was a little before 62. Wasn't that 60 or 61? I think yeah, it was. Sure. Yeah. Chubby Checker. I'll, I'll give you a hint. It was by the Shirelles. He's so fine. He's so fine. No. Will, will you still love me tomorrow? Hi, Terry. It's Meryl. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Is it going to oh. the chapel? No. No, that, Hi, Chicks. Yeah. That's a little Mark, later. Duke of Earl? <laughs> No, I think we're going to have to call it quits Uh-oh. on this one. Uh-oh. How about Soldier Boy? Oh, oh yeah. I remember that. Oh. All of these old people remember that. So do I. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember it. Oh. Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> I was All only right. three, so. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll bring a few more of you into the into it now. How about on May 20th, 1972? What was the number one song? Close to you. I was thinking American Pie by um, 
Don McLean. Don McLean. Matt, that was already out by then. It, it, the carpenter okay. was it by the carpenters? No, it wasn't by the carpenters. I, if I say who it was by, yeah, everybody's going to get yep. it instantly because yep. it's about the only major big song I remember. Oh, anyway, mm, I'll I say think. it was a her. That narrows it uh, down. Oh, uh, will you still love me tomorrow by Carol King? I'm sorry. Will you still love me tomorrow by Carol King? No. Any other guesses? Anticipation by Carly Simon. No. Nope. That's later, I think. Later. I yeah, think that so was too. later. All right, I'll tell you who it was by, and you're all going to get it probably. It on was, this one. All I know it is it was American Pie. American Pie by. No, 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 no. no. American Pie came out in late '71 because oh. it was really popular when we were first going together in '72. <laughs> uh, no, on May 20th, 1972. Oh, I was going to tell you who it was by, Roberta Flack. Oh, oh, yes. First time oh, I ever saw your face. Yeah. Killing Me Softly? For, Which oh. one? No, Which, oh, I'm sorry. No, the first time ever I saw, saw your face. Oh, oh. okay. <laughs> All right. Now we'll bring the, the, the even the rest of you in, maybe. In 1982, actually, the um, time changed. So we're going to say, as of yesterday in 1982, what was the first, the, the number one song? Oh, what? Lord. It was the number one song on May 19th, 1982. Purple Rain. Not good at trivia. (laughs) And I will give you all a hint. If you've been paying attention to the news in the last couple of days, you may well have heard a piece of it. Hmm. We're terrible at this game, Terry. We are. <laughs> I'm noticing. We're never going to do this again. <laughs> oh, is it I Love Rock and Roll? I Love Rock and Roll is one. No. No, it um, it was Chariots of Fire by Vangelis. Oh, I didn't realize oh. it went that far back. Yeah, it, actually the movie was in 1981. Oh. But then it became really popular in 82. Yeah. I did hear it oh, wow. not too long ago. I don't know if it was a couple of days ago, but I did hear it. Yeah, well, he just died over the uh, within this past week. Oh, that's why I heard it. Okay, that's yeah, right. That's, that's why right. I said yeah. about the news. Yeah. They, I, that's where I first, I, I noticed it this week, was uh, when they said that he had passed away. He was 79, I think they said. Wow. And I was like, that's not that old nope. anymore. Nope. <laughs> All right. Here's the next question. Our last question. What happened on May 28th, 2020? Some say nothing. But see if anyone else remembers what happened on that date. Was that the day George Floyd was killed? No, that was in June. Nobody's going to get this one. This is really my lead into my to the big announcement. It's two years ago. Oh, it was ACB Media. You're getting close, but it wasn't on media. I wasn't on media. But it was it, 
No, 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 no. But I, I think that's when we switched from ACB Radio to ACB Media. Oh, really? Yes. And and Lady A and Siri didn't know that. Yeah, I remember because <laughs> we were talking about it, and Jeff and I were talking about the fact that it had we had to change the name, and all, he was doing all stu- kinds of stuff on the website. I'm almost positive that was the date. That's been two years? Yeah. Wow. Yep. Oh, that is amazing. Yeah. I, I would say it was probably the day you did the first visibility show. It is. That's oh, exactly what okay. it is. It was the date of the first visibility show. Oh. We didn't. Back then it was on Thursdays, mm-hmm. and I had no idea what I was doing. Not that I've learned a whole lot more <laughs> since then. I wasn't going to say a word. Larry and Rick have shot me. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> But it has been quite a ride. Um, and that's, it's two years, the 28th of this month. was wow. our first call. And I'll give you, and now I'll give you a quick trivia question. Who was the first guest? Jeff Tom? It was you. Jeff Tom. You. Yeah, it was. It was Jeff Tom. I think I have that show. I have a lot of shows. Um, that was way back. If you have it, you're the only one that does. I don't think I do. I'm not sure we were recording in those days. <laughs> in those days. My God, it's only two years yeah. ago. Um, no, it's going to be our second annual, our second anniversary next. next. So we're celebrating it. We're starting the celebration the night before. Next Friday night on our second anniversary. We are doing a special two-hour call because I've got some clips, sound clips, and lots of things that I've come across. I have spent every f- free moment in the last two weeks finding things and um, writing out all kinds of stuff for this show for next week. And it's going to be two hours, and it's going to be on Media 2 for our anniversary number two. Do you think we can remember that when it's going to be? <laughs> and why? Uh-huh. It will be on Media 2 next week from 7 to 9. It was um, the following, I think it was Halloween. It was in October. I, I, I forget another date. That we that we actually started on Media 1 with, uh, with it. And I just couldn't believe that we were able to get that at the time. But that's coming up next uh, next Friday. I am inviting all of the speakers, at least all the ones that I've been able to track down, um, all of the speakers that we've had for the last two years. That includes people like Jerry Barrier, who did the birds, um, Paul Rea, who did the early early signs of dementia. Um, um, Dr. Phyllis Burson, who did the uh, thing on sleep and on dreams. Uh, David Baharian, who did the piece on senior living. Um, just everybody. I, Sheila Young's been on. The voting task force has been on. You name it. Somebody, it, it, you name it. And I, I'm sending them an invitation or I'm putting out a couple of open invitations. Um just for people to drop by and and give us a bit of a remembrance, a rem- reminiscence. And uh, I would love to have all of you and anyone who you're in contact with, please give us, uh, give them, tell them about us, 
And uh, please stop by and enjoy a couple of minutes with us or stay for the whole two hours, even better. Seven to nine Eastern. Seven to nine Eastern on Media 2. And in the meanwhile, if any of you, I just want to remind anyone, I don't remember if I said it at the beginning, if I've started an email list to put out announcements and they have a little bit longer um, announcement generally, they will have a little more detail in them than the ones uh, that go out to the major lists like leadership and conversation and such. Uh, so if you want to join my little email list, just send me a note at visibilities50 at gmail.com. And I will be glad to put you on there. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else that I wanted to tell you about. I'm sure we're going to end up playing the ACB song somewhere along the along the uh uh it, during that call next week and i think there's gonna be lots of fun and there may be a prize or two for a little bit of trivia um or for just uh, a few other fun things just maybe almost like door prizes um i i happen to know of a few prizes that are uh been sent my sent our way just to distribute to all of you and I, I hope that that um, one of the other one of the other things that we want to do, hope that that kind of reboosts everyone, and we can get back into looking into the past, but determining our future. And that's what we need to do, because we all need to continue advocating. We need to continue supporting one another in a mature adult way and we need to when they're willing to accept it we need to let people you know do some mentoring or just a little bit of guidance um of new people you know there are some of us that have been around a long time and there are some of us that have been around acb a long time those are two different issues um And but I don't think there are much of many. I can't think of many of us who aren't willing to share our experiences and share what we've learned. You know, if we don't learn from our past, then we're only going to make the same mistakes again. And we don't want to see that happen to the people coming up behind us in life. It's just not. It's it's not a good thing for anyone but i'm getting too much too philosophical here so i want to end with thanking you all for joining tonight and to remember anniversary number two on media two and i'm forgetting the third two for two hours (laughs) for for two hours at seven o'clock eastern next friday night Please come and just join in having a little bit of fun with us. And thank you and have a great, safe and happy week ahead. And good luck to those who uh, are planning conventions and are uh, 
at conventions this weekend. I, I believe Arizona is this weekend. Yes. Yes. And um, I know CCB was last week. And what is it? In two weeks, I think Sheila is yours, isn't it? In Florida. Yep. I think it's the first weekend in June. I won uh, a prize at CCB convention. So I'm happy. Oh, congratulations. Thanks. Congratulations. Well, thank you all. And do make it a great week. <laughs>